Hello, this is Dr. Steve Vargo. I am the Optometric Practice Management Consultant with IDOC. And for this latest edition of the IDOC Focal Point Podcast, I've invited a coworker of mine to discuss the topic of selling. And the coworker is Zamata Vega. And Zamata is an optical management consultant for IDOC. And she has 15 years experience in optical. As a former retail manager of a large corporate optical, uh, Zamata has a strong belief in the need for product knowledge and the power of conversation to influence patient behavior. So thank you for joining us and, and welcome, Zamata. Thank you. I'm so excited to be a part of this. Awesome. So I love the end of the bio, the part that says influence patient behavior. And I think that's something that often gets overlooked in the topic of selling. And what we do as, as doctors, as opticians, we tend to give people a lot of information. Uh, we, we educate people a lot. It's part of what we do. But then the question becomes, what do people do with the information? And I think this is something that separates good salespeople um, from mediocre salespeople. And, and I don't necessarily use that term salespeople in the 100% the traditional sense. I, I'm looking at that as anybody whose responsibility is to impact others and, and change behaviors. But the ability to use the power of conversation and connect with people, I think that makes you much more influential in getting people to do the things that, that not just benefit the seller, but more importantly, benefit the patient as well. I, I agree. Um, my thought process is um, to eliminate the word selling, um, I feel like people are concerned about coming off as salespeople, but to really communicate to the team that their goal is really to recommend the best vision solution to each and every patient in the practice. Every person who leaves that office is representing them each and every person. Um, and if someone leaves and they have an awful looking pair of glasses and lenses they feel don't work well for them, then that's going to be communicated to every person around them and they're going to be less likely um, to recommend your practice as, I mean, an option for their friends and family. Yeah, I would agree. And it's, it's an interesting term to leave with a terrible looking pair of glasses. But, you know, I, we also live in an era where um, people are tied to their vision benefits. And, and while nobody wants to leave with a, a terrible looking pair of glasses, I, I don't know if a lot of people come in for an exam have that, that foresight. And they do tend to look at things um, through the filter of their vision benefits. So I always say that the onus is really on the practice to get the patient to see things differently. So how do you get patients to see past vision benefits? And that's something that a lot of offices struggle with, especially the ones who say patients only want to spend what their benefits cover. But I, I think it may be in a lot of those cases, that office isn't really doing enough to, to demonstrate value. You have to get to know your patients and understand what's important to them. I mean, people are concerned about more than just price. Um, everyone has 
an idea of who they are as an individual and they want to come off a certain way. And unfortunately, um, most of us are pretty self-centered. So um, we care about our personal gain um, and how we come off um, to everyone around us. So play on that. It's really important to know what drives them and what they're most concerned about. And you have to link that specific thing to what you're recommending. So if someone comes in and they're, they're obsessed with celebrities and they really like to watch the Kardashians and you're also interested in the Kardashians and you notice that one of the Kardashians happened to wear a certain brand of eyewear, then you recommend that eyewear or something that looks really similar and say, hey, you look just like Kim K. I mean, you have to play on what their interests are, really. Yeah, that's, you know, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and it, you said that people are self-centered and we absolutely are when it comes to, when, uh, from the standpoint of a consumer. Uh, it's, you know, mm -hmm. we, most of us have the ability to uh, express empathy and compassion. It just happens in a different part of the brain. When you understand the, the right. mind, like the, the, literally the psychology behind the average consumer, we operate from a part of the brain very much concerned about getting what we need. Um, and I think in a position of having to sell, whether that's selling a product, a service, an idea is, is being able to empathize with others and help them get what they need. Um, from the role of an optician, now, this is always something that, that makes me curious, um, is a lot of offices have said before, they, they distinguish between their opticians. And a lot of times it will be, well, we have uh, so-and-so who's a really good optician and our other one's not so good. And I always look at that as an opportunity to discover and observe what is the one who's good doing and can that be taught to the other. But I'm curious in the, um, from the standpoint and perspective of an optician, what are the characteristics of high producing opticians that you've seen? High producing opticians know their product. And they know how to have conversation and hold information in their pocket and bring that up to their advantage when it comes to making that recommendation. But anyone can do that as long as you set them up for that interaction. It's really important that everyone play a part and plant small seeds along the way to influence patient behavior. When the patient comes in, they should be told to bring in all of their eyewear. There should be a lifestyle index. So they start to think about the things that they're interested in. What are their hobbies? What's their favorite color? What do they do for work? And they'll have this in the back of their mind and you'll have answers to all of these questions. When they go through pretest, you have to explain what you're doing with each piece of, piece of equipment that you're using. Well ask them about the eyewear that they're wearing or their common interests, maybe things that you don't have answers to, but you're curious about. Then the tech needs to then communicate that with the doctor. The doctor talks about those things while the patient is in the chair. And then when the intro is made from the doctor to the optician, there's a backstory that the doctor can then communicate and pass along the lifestyle index. 
So let's throw doctors under the bus for a second, because I you said planting <laughs> small seeds. I don't think doctors do mm -hmm. this very well, and I think it would make the optician's job a lot easier if the doctor would um, was a bigger part of the process. Even the ones who say, I don't want to sell, I don't want anything to do with it, that's why I hire opticians. But I still think that, it, 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 to your point of every step along the way, planting seeds, uncovering problems, learning about the patient, um, what is your perspective on that? Do you think that the doctor could be doing more to um, facilitate the process before the patient even gets into the optical? I'll say this. Um, the most successful practices that I've encountered, the doctor is always involved with the sales. There's always some type of handoff from the exam lane to the retail floor. Um, whether it's a doctor or a scribe, there's some type of introduction. Making a personal connection with your patients is incredibly important. And passing them along to someone else, it's crucial because you don't want them to feel like they're lost and over, they'll be overwhelmed and they'll leave. So that connection is crucial. Yeah, uh, no doubt, no doubt. The ability to connect with people is, is really critical on, for, on a lot of different levels. One, I mean in, in sales, but just the ability to, uh, even maybe from an, an OD's perspective as well, the ability to be influential with patients in, in their own health and their own patient care. Um, there's a lot of things we do, and, I, and I've really been big on this lately is not, you know, we, we need to get beyond just providing information because a lot of people take that information and do nothing with it. So, you know, I, I've kind of become a student of how do we get people to actually act um, on the information we give them so we can be more impactful. As, as part of a, um, a presentation I'm working on, on, on this very topic of selling, I discovered a study that, I think it was from a Harvard Business Review study, that 63% of salespeople do things that regularly drive down the likelihood of a sale. Not, not just didn't get the sale, but actually, re think about that, reduce the likelihood. These are people taking maybes and turning them into no's. Now, I mean, that's a special kind of incompetence right there. If you're in sales and you're, you're taking maybes and turning them into no's. So I'm curious, what would you see as the biggest mistakes opticians make when presenting or selling an eyewear that, that may very likely take someone who might have been a customer, might have made a purchase, and then decide maybe I'm, I'm not going to do business here? Asking for permission instead of making recommendations. So say you have a patient and you have their insurance benefits in front of you and you're going through, well, your insurance covers this and your insurance covers that, but they happen to like something that's outside of their insurance coverage. So they have to pay more money out of pocket. When you put together the total cost, just say, hey, you know, this is what you're purchasing. You're getting these types of lenses and you're getting this type of frame. They look great by the way and these lenses are going to help you so much. Sell them on the product instead of saying, is that okay? Yeah, yeah. You have to remove yourself from the situation. Don't sell from your pocket. You have to make a strong recommendation. Yeah. And if you can do some of these other things that we're talking about in terms of asking good questions and um, 
connecting with people, being a good conversationalist, and, and all of this really builds trust in the relationship, then you sort of earn the right to be able to give them a strong recommendation. And, and at that point, they're actually listening to you. Um, it, lastly, let me ask you this. The, the topic of staff training comes up a lot. And the, the study I cited before where 63% of salespeople do things that regularly decrease the likelihood of a sale, those are trained salespeople. So there's a lot of not training going on in, in a lot of eye care practices. Um, it, it sometimes it's just not existent. I mean, opticians, I think there's a desire that an optician will come into that role with optical knowledge. And of course, I think there's training on the technical side of the job, but as far as actual sales training, it's really, um, in a lot of offices, it, it's, it's very minimal if it even exists at all. So I'm curious, you're, uh, opinion on this, what could practices do to better train their opticians for selling? Hold them accountable. <laughs> I feel like accountability is lacking and you have to be involved. You have to listen to what's happening and be able to coach and develop your team. So if there's an interaction that you felt could have gone better, once that customer leaves, pull your staff member aside and say, hey, you know, I heard what you said when you were talking to Mrs. Whomever, and I really like how you approach this, but I feel like you could have done this better. How about you take this approach going forward? Like you need to be in tune with what's going on in your practice and make these suggestions in order to influence behavior. Yeah. Yeah. And at the, I, the sales training is, is, can be a little bit ambiguous in terms of, I don't know if there's one right way. And in some ways you have to find your own style, but at the end of the day, the results tell the story. And if you've got, you know, production is consistently there. I think that's an indicator that you're doing a better job in terms of helping people get what they need. And, and honestly, that's really all selling is. I, I think people are aversive to selling because they see it as something manipulative. But if you're approaching selling as a means of just you getting something that benefits you, that the seller, I'm going to somehow influence this person to do something or buy something that mostly benefits me or the practice, then you can make an honest, um, maybe some of your concerns about manipulation there may be valid. But when it's approached as I genuinely want to help someone else get what they what they need, I think it's a whole it's a change in mindset from uh, a, the way a lot of people perceive selling and, and the way probably the reason a lot of people are sort of aversive to selling. So Zamata, this was great. Thank you so much. Um, a good optician is an asset to a practice. So uh, there's there's a lot we can all learn from a good optician. So um, just wanted to thank you for for taking a few moments out of your day to spend uh, spend time with us and, and share what you know. All right. Well, thanks for having me. And thanks, everyone, for listening. If you have any questions about IDOC or our services, please reach out. Uh, you can reach me directly. My email is svargo, S-V-A-R-G-O, at idoc.net. And thank you again. Until next time, this is Dr. Steve Vargo, and thank you for listening.